Good evening. Woo! Do you know what? Today's been a pretty monumental day in our church history. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm exhausted. Emotionally, spiritually. I should probably say something else. Uh, <laughs> no, I've got these two, two sides. Ruth and Nathan, for those of you who don't know, moved down with us. And they're some of mine and Jen's greatest friends. And so today was just an absolute privilege as we ha- had the opportunity to commission them. And, commission them? commission them and send them on their way into the next stage of their journey of faith and there's there's two sides that go with that there's the excitement of people moving off into a new thing but then there's also the grief isn't it of of the relationship and you're like oh but you're moving on that's really hard and you know I was just mulling it while I was um, in worship and I felt the Lord just talking to me about the kingdom and the cost of the kingdom and that there is a cost to the kingdom extending um, that we see. There's the two sides. And, and it takes people going to see the kingdom extend. And in some sense, we've planted a church, but it's the first one of many. And that over the years, I will have the pleasure of cheering on, hopefully, many churches going into this nation and seeing what the Lord wants to do. So... I'm really excited tonight to be talking about courage, and um, we're starting a new ser- series t- this evening, uh, started this morning as well, um, called Courage from Heaven and the Joshua Chapter, and the Lord's been speaking to myself and Jen for the last four or five months in, just in the book of Joshua, as we've been reading through the book, book of Joshua together, and what's amazing is that we've been away this week at a conference, and Uh, we have just been given so many incredible prophetic words of what the Lord wants to do. And one of them was all around Joshua. Now, for us, as we're leaning into something, as we're leaning into a new book called the Joshua chapter, so what happened is this this person came up to Jen and said, I've had a dream about you and I just want to share it with you. And she didn't really know the person there from Carlisle Vineyard. And um, they started talking and they, they shared the dream. And then at the end of it, it was like, the Lord wants to raise up Joshua after Joshua after Joshua in your church. It's like, wow. So as a, as a speaker, when you've been discerning what the next thing that you're going to speak on, and you sit there being like, do you know what? The, the Lord wants to release Joshua's. And so what is it about Joshua? What, what's amazing about Joshua? Well, at the heart of it is that Joshua was a man of incredible courage. And so we're going to be talking about courage from heaven for the next six weeks as we go through particularly chapters one to six. And so just really excited to be looking at that with you. So if you've got your Bibles, grab that in the background. I'm going to be looking at that. I love this quote from Nelson Mandela. It says this, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. I believe that there's a difference between courage from the world and courage from heaven. 
and actually a really massive difference because if you talk with anybody in the world and you talk about the quality of courage, I think most people would sit there and be like, that's an amazing, it's an amazing virtue, isn't it, courage? To see courage in any situation, somebody does something courageous, they, they rescue a young child from a building or they step into something that they overcome something in their own life and we'd say, oh, do you know what, you're so courageous doing that. But the reality is courage so often can be self-focused. It's about overcoming the things in, in our lives. And do you know what? Although that is an absolutely wonderful, wonderful thing that we, we see that, there is a difference between worldly courage and heavenly courage. Because heavenly courage is about something else. It's about the Lord's glory. It's about the Lord's fame. It's about the purposes of the Lord being released in society. It's about walking into the dark places of our world. And therefore, these two things are not the same. And... Um, that's why we're going to be looking at the person of Joshua and seeing how his courage um, is just such an example for us. So I want to pull out three strands from today's passage that illustrate courage. And the first is this, that courage from heaven rests upon a clear assignment from God. So you see this, Joshua 1 verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the River Jordan into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. To the background of Joshua 1, which you might not know, and we, we see this in De Deuteronomy 34, just beforehand, and... The Israelites, they're on the edge of the promised land and they've been for 40 years in the wilderness. If you, if you remember back to the story, back to Exodus, we looked at not that long ago, but um, the Israelites are in slavery and then we have the plagues and there's this moment where they escape. Moses leads them out um, and they go through the Red Sea and then they're in the wilderness and for 40 years, they're kind of walking in circles. They're going round and round. And then they reach the point where Moses has led them to the edge of the promised land. And that's where we're picking up the story, the edge of the promised land. And at this moment, Moses, who's never going to enter the promised land because the Lord said so, and he's passing on the mantle of leadership to Joshua. Now, you have to remember that Moses was such a revered character that people absolutely love Moses and they see this miraculous signs. And so Joshua is in this moment of he's about to take on this mantle of leadership, but probably feeling completely overwhelmed by it. It's like, oh my goodness, how am I ever going to stand in Moses' footsteps? And so the end of Deuteronomy 34 is really we see Moses dying. And, and he passes away. But there's this moment in it, in the chapter where it talks about that Moses lays on his hands, lays his hands onto Joshua and anoints Joshua. And it's, the, and it's the transference of leadership. Moses is saying, Joshua, you now need to move into the land. And so the background of this courage is that Joshua needs some serious courage. They're, on the, they're looking into the promised land. And this is, they're, they're about to move into conquest. They're about to move into this land with nation after nation. And they're going to go and take the land. And so jo Joshua would have been, well, I put myself in Joshua's kind of place. And I'm like, he must have been terrified. He must have been sitting there. And so there's this verse over and over again where the Lord says, be strong and courageous, be strong and very courageous that you may go in and take the land. And so that's where we pick the story up at. And... 
Verse three, it says this, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Now it's so important, that little phrase, as I promised Moses. As I was with Moses, I'm gonna be with you as well. The blessing that was on Moses is on you. Verse four, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. Now Joshua has this clear assignment from the Lord. The Lord's like, this is what I want you to do. And do you know what? I speak with so many people in life and one of the biggest questions, particularly when people are younger, actually, do you know what? I think it's throughout their whole life. It's like, what is it that the Lord's called me to? There's kind of this crisis of calling. I, I don't know what the Lord's called me to. I think it's really simple. I think I could tell you what the Lord's called you to. I think he's called you to love God, love others and make disciples. If I was to kind of, reduce it because actually most of what the Bible talks about is is that within any context that you're in so you might be sitting there right now being like what's what's my calling I'm like love the Lord your God with all your heart soul strength and mind love love your neighbor as yourself and make disciples of everybody that he's put in your path so that's kind of the generic calling that we're all called to so for 95% of situations it's nailed Now, what happens sometimes is that the Lord speaks into a context and says, and he gives you a clear assignment. This is the case with Ruth and Nathan, with the story that they shared this morning. They they were talking about how they felt called to um, Falmouth. You know, they turned around in March and they came to see me and Jen and we had no idea. And they said, the Lord has clearly spoken to us prophetically about moving our life and our family down to Falmouth. It's like, wow, that's a big thing. And so it was... It was a prophetic moment and then it was confirmed time and time again. Now, when the Lord has something specific that he wants to say to us, he gives us a really clear call. The last, um, the last week for myself and Jen have, have been incredibly, incredibly profound. Within a period of probably 24 hours, we were given 10 prophetic words from different people. You're like, I think the Lord is trying to say something. And... Those prophetic, and do you know what? Over the next year, we'll share those prophetic words. It's not for now. It's something for me and Jen telling us about the future of this is what I want to push into you and this is what I'm putting in your heart and this is how you're going to do it. Now, it's really, really clear. The Lord has not spoken to us that clearly for 10 years since we came here to plant this community. We moved from Nottingham because the Lord called, like he put something in us and and then he accelerated and said, now is the time. I'm asking you to go. And he spoke clearly about us moving to Cardiff and coming to be here to, to be part of this community. But most of the time, most of the time, it's quite simple. Love God, love others, make disciples. But when the Lord gives us a clear assignment and he says, I want you to step into this. I want you to go for this. And it could be so many different things. I want you to live on this street. I want you to live in this house. I want you to live with these people. I want you to do this course. I want you to move cities. You know, you can put it into every context. I want you to speak to this person in your school. Sometimes he gives us that clear instruction. And then what is amazing, at the same time as giving us the clear instruction, he then gives us the courage. It's like, I have spoken, I have called you, I have promised, and then bang, suddenly it's like the courage, courage from heaven comes. Because why? And that's the difference between courage and courage from heaven. Courage from heaven is when the Lord's asking us to press into something that he's asked us to do. Can you see the difference? It's like, wow, at that moment, he implants the courage to go after it. 
So courage from heaven, first point is it comes from a clear assignment from the Lord. Now that doesn't happen every moment by every moment, but then sometimes the Lord will break in. Now for, now for some of you, maybe the Lord has been stirring you recently and he's like, he's giving you a clear assignment. Know that if the Lord has spoken clearly, he will give you the courage to go along with that. He will fill you with the courage and you just need to open yourself up to that. So that's the first thing in the passage. The second one is this, that courage from heaven rests upon the assurance of God's presence. And we see this in verse five. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. That's a pretty cool thing, isn't it? I'd quite like that for my own life. Nobody will be able to stand against you. Great. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give, to give them. The Lord has spoken. God said, Joshua, you have got a wonderful future ahead of you. I'm going to do great things in your life. Everything I've promised and more. But it's going to be a fight and it's going to be a battle. And actually, as you read the whole story of Joshua, you know, you move into chapter six and some of you will know from the, maybe when you're younger in Jericho and they marched around the walls of Jericho. And because that, that's what the Lord was asking him to do. But, but Joshua needed this courage from heaven. He needed, needed the Lord to fill him. But at the same time, there's this assurance where, that when the Lord calls us, he will give us everything that we need. The greatest thing that we can have is the Lord's presence. I spoke last week um, briefly on Exodus 33, and it's just this passage where if your presence does not go with us, we do not want to go. In the same way as if the Lord's leading you into something, he will give you the presence of the Lord, which is the most precious gift that he can give. Thirdly, courage from heaven is anchored by the word of God. Moving on to verse seven, it says this, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to it from the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Do you know what? This passage is talking about what success looks like. And success looks so different to the way that we think that it looks in the world. He's saying, in this moment, keep the book of the law on you, read it daily, meditate on it, and that is what success looks like. If you do that, your life will be prosperous and successful. Now, if you meditate on God's purposes day in and day out, what happens is you begin to become shaped by them. They shape your life, they inform your thinking and your decision-making, they're the plumb line of your soul. The challenge for so many of us is that we come here and you, you hear this, hopefully each time you come, you'll hear the scriptures spoken and, and expounded. But actually what it's saying in this passage is that we have to meditate on it day and night. <laughs> nice ringtone. Um, but the, do you know what? There is a difference between meditating and reading the scriptures. For a lot of people, they think, oh, do you know what? I've, I've read my scripture for today. I don't know, you, you know, there's little Bible notes where you get the little verse and you're like, oh, I've done the verse for today. There is a difference between meditating on it. What does meditating mean? Meditating means to take it deep, deep down into your soul. It means to, to sit on it, to wrestle with the scripture, to let the Lord begin to speak to you about it rather than like, oh, I've read this little bit of scripture. It's like taking it deep down, being shaped by it. 
Spurgeon once said this, and I love this. A Bible that is coming apart is usually owned by somebody who's not. Like when you see somebody, and I know that we, that we use phones a lot these days, um, and it's not wrong, but the real thing's better. Um, but when you see somebody and their Bible is utterly beaten, it tells you something. It tells you that that person has probably meditated on the scriptures day and night. You know, it's like, wow, look, that thing's held together with an elastic band, but I love it because it's been my Bible for the last 20 years. That's an amazing thing. And um, keep your mind saturated with the word of God and you'll be successful. The point is this, God's promise of success has absolutely nothing to do with your ability. Nothing. It's nothing to do with gifting, nothing to do with ability. Uh, ability. It's your commitment to his word and God's promises that will bring success in your life. So how do you stay in the word? And it just gives us three things. It says, don't let it depart out of your mouth. In other words, talk about the word of God. Meditate on it day and night. Think about the word of God. Be careful to do everything written in it. Always obey it. Basically, very quickly, do it. <laughs> you know, it's like, just do it. If it says it, do it. Talk about it, think about it, and live it. So that's the, that's the third one. Courage from heaven is anchored by the word of God. And then finally, courage from heaven requires stepping out. Three times in this passage, there's a phrase, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do you know what? There have been many times when I've used this little phrase, and this is sometimes where it's really helpful to just remember parts of scripture. When you're sitting there and you're like, today's not a good day. And it's like, be strong and courageous because this is what the Lord's called you to. And sometimes you just come back to these verses and you're like, I'm going to stand on this verse. There are going to be lots of things in your life that will distract you, discourage you, depress you. We're going to have all of those different things but we are called to keep stepping out in faith. The Israelites, just to go back into the story, they had been wandering in the desert for 40 years. And do you know that they had had the chance 40 years earlier and they'd blown it? So for 40 years, they'd been wandering in the desert. They'd had a chance, they'd missed it. And so they'd been wandering around in circles. And now they get this second chance. They're at the edge of the Jordan Red River. They're ready to cross into the new land, knowing that the moment that they cross this river, it's an act of war against seven other nations already living there. That's the background. Suddenly like, oh... Okay, being strong and courageous, you're really going to have to be strong. So it's an act of war, crossing the Jordan. There's seven other nations living there and they're going to come against you. So that, that's why the moment is like, okay, this is a big moment. There was no telling how long it would last. Each one of the seven nations was larger and stronger than the Israelites. Sorry. What gave Joshua the confidence to move ahead? Verse nine, remember I've commanded you to be determined and confident. Don't be afraid or discouraged for I, the Lord, am at, I'm with you wherever you go. God's basically just saying, remember why you're doing this and remember who you're doing this for. Remember that you're doing this for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You represent me, the King of Kings. You're on assignment from the Almighty God. Who do you think told you to do this? I did. I told you to do this. I will give you everything that you need because I asked you to do this. Now, there's these two words 
in the passage. There's afraid and discouraged. Afraid and discouraged. These are two enemies that will keep you from becoming all that God wants you to be. Afraid and discouraged. And you can think about those. And actually there was a word given earlier, um, just as we were singing, great is your faithfulness. Um, and actually, it's a really, I've never sung that song before, The Great Is Your Faithfulness one, but it's almost like a lament, isn't it? There's kind of a lament feeling to it. You've never failed me. And great, and it's almost like it moves from lament into declaration. You've never failed me. You're never going to let me down. You're never going to forsake me. And, and, and that's what's going on. So just this idea of being discouraged, just, do you know what? We so easily get discouraged. We have these days and we're like, oh man, I feel like the wind's been taken out of my sails. And then sometimes that discouragement leads into fear. It's like, oh, do you know what? I can't do that. And that's why we have this precious, precious gift of the presence of God. And if you're here tonight and you're just feeling beaten up, do you know what I mean? You're like, you're talking about courage. I can't even do anything. Do you know what I mean? You're just like, you're talking about meditating on the scriptures. It's like, I've done well to be here tonight. That's it, I got here. And do you know what? If that's you, well done. <laughs> you made it. And sometimes it's that first step, isn't it? And what, I, and what I'm hoping for tonight is that the Lord would lead you in and say, do you know what? Well done. You made it into a people seeking my presence and I'm going to give you the next step. And actually, these are some of the next steps that I want to give you. And I want to fill you with courage tonight. That's what I'm hoping that the Lord's going to do in the room. Because I... You know, the talk this morning was actually really different, but I felt actually this evening, it's these two words, afraid and discouraged, that the Lord wants to concentrate in. And he wants to minister into those two things. And it's almost like he wants us to go out from that place to great is your faithfulness. That I am going to declare. And it's an amazing thing. Sometimes when you're in that place of feeling defeated, what, what changes it is when you declare God's goodness. It's when you declare the promises of God. It's when you come back to, this is what you called me. Do you know what I mean? This is what you asked me to do. And we stand there and we're like, Jesus, you've spoken. You will never leave me nor forsake me. And it's almost like you have to go through those truths of scripture again. It's like, Jesus, you will give me everything that I need. And so I, I feel like the Lord wants to do a kingdom battle and he wants to release. And this is the thing from the whole series is he wants to release a generation of Joshua's. I think sometimes when we think about Joshua, we think about that only being male. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you have to be a man to do that. Do you know what? When I'm talking about the spirit of Joshua, I'm talking about the spirit of courage. That's what I'm talking about, courage from heaven. And there's something, you know, if you actually go back into the story of Joshua 40 years earlier, there's an amazing passage. I'm going to finish with this. There's this amazing part with Caleb and Joshua and they've been sent in to spy out the land. And um, I don't know if you remember, but 10, I think there's 12 of them. And there's Caleb and Joshua and there's 10 others. And these 10 others come back and they're like, there are giants living in the land. We cannot go in to possess the land. We're terrified. And Joshua and Caleb come back and they're like, we can do it. And this, this, this is the moment when they were disobedient. And so it's been 40 years and so it's almost like actually the track record of Joshua is, you know, 40 years ago he was like, we can do it. And then the Lord amazingly anoints him to, to take it on. And therefore, when we're talking about what the Lord wants to release with the spirit of Joshua, that's what it is. It's this courageousness of, you know, if the Lord said to do this, 
then we need to do this. And so I, I just believe that the Lord wants to release that spirit in the room. So why don't you stand?